You're listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast championing independence powered by The Famous Company. Whether you're an artist or music industry professional, ensure you don't miss a beat by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I feel thrilled that I'm like your number one guest for number one podcast. Episode episode one, first guest. I know, it's really exciting. Thank you no, for having me. No, no, thank you for uh, for being here with us. Um, a lot of people may not know who you are, what you are, or what we're really going to be talking about today. Um, so I thought you, you could go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us what you do. Okay. Well, that's all right because I don't know who I am or what I do on, on most days. Um, my name is Hannah White. I am um, my num- well, my number one job I'd say is that I'm a singer. Really, that's what I do. But I'm also a vocal coach, artist development consultant, um, and I mentor um, new bands and artists into the music industry and um, and head up the creative industries for um, an institute called BIM. Brilliant. And uh, how did you get your start then uh, in music? Oh, God, it feels like a long time ago. Um, well, I, primarily, I was actually a trained dancer um, well. when I was younger. I'm terrible now. I just ache all the time because I'm old. Um, so that, and I knew that I wanted to do performing, but I wasn't quite sure what it was that I wanted to do. I just enjoyed doing it. Um, very quickly realised when I went to drama school that I was terrible at acting, um, was really hammy I was really good in pantomime that was about it um wasn't very good at acting I just was too nervous for it too short to be a dancer because I'm only five foot point oh five um that counts though right the point oh five it does I always had that I think my um my cv for performing stuff says that I'm five foot two but you know Shh, no one we won't, we won't tell um, don't worry but I realized that the, the thing that was the strongest out of all three was singing and that's that's sort of what I followed doing and ended up being my passion and then um was off on tour for about 10 years and I've been singing for 20 years now um still work as a singer which um which is great but I love teaching other people how to do that no it's brilliant you mentioned touring experience any uh any highlights yeah, well, it's strange, really, because my natural voice is kind of jazz and soul, but I ended up working with rock bands. And um, there's a guy called um, Kenny Jones who was in the Small Faces, which is like 60s band. And um, he had a rock all-star um, band, and we used to get guests in for charity gigs and things like that. And I wow. supported them, and I did their stuff in the studio. So I was really fortunate to work with um, Ringo Starr. So I can say I've worked with a Beatle. I've had a couple of the Rolling Stones uh, pop up. Um, just kind of rock royalty that you just, you're in the room and you're thinking, is that really them? Yeah. So that, was, that was cool. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't into rock at all. I, I mm. didn't know anything about rock music because I was just, I'm a bit of a jazzer. Um, right. so, but I very quickly was like, oh, these people are great. Yeah, so, yeah. I had had a rock and roll time on tour for about ten years. No, that's amazing. Uh, you mentioned you're more of a, a soul singer, uh, mm-hmm. and correct me if I'm wrong. You've had you've had a few chart successes, soul chart successes. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's funny because they they kind of remixes of songs. So I think of them as jazz tracks, and then they were released through um, a label called DSG and. Um, we, they released one song, I think, just to shut me up. 
<laughs> just to keep me happy. They released the song and they, I think they thought, oh, we'll release this song and then she'll stop going on about her music. But it went to number one in the UK soul chart and then had to follow that up very quickly, which I think went to number three or four and then a few others. So, so yeah, I had, I was good I could say I've had a, a couple of number ones. Yeah, a few scene. top five successes. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything we'd know, though? No, I don't no. think so. Not in, I mean, not in this country. Um, I mean, it's mad because I've written over the years because I write as well. So writing for other people, I've hundreds and hundreds of songs that I've written um, where they are all play, and they play somewhere in the world. Um, That's yeah, sure. yeah. I've, ha- I've got someone who keeps tabs on that for me because it blows my mind that someone in like Mongolia might be digging a Hannah White tune. <laughs> No, for sure. You said that, of course, um, with these with these songs, yeah, they're, they're more like remixes. So what year were these released? Um, the last ones that were released, I think it was oh, 2018, I think. Yeah, and 2018. Did you, have, did you have more like a hands-on approach with this remix or is this more a case of you recorded in the yeah. studio, passed on? No, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit. I'm not a control freak, but but I'm so into music that it's it's just nice to be able to be part of the process. So mm-hmm. uh, there was a couple of you know any different versions are, pro- are usually done with me in the studio or as part of the the production team that I'm working with at the time. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of singers and songwriters uh, putting out their music at the moment may not even think about getting in touch with a producer or a DJ, someone to remix. But again, you're living proof that that is a way up the ladder and that's a yeah. way to kind of reach more. Is that something you did your, yourself as in the, the outreach? Or this was like, is it, I, I know you mentioned label choice, but um, did you actually have a hands-on approach with choosing who'd do it? Oh, yeah, I was I was quite fortunate, really, because I was working, um, there's a guy called Nigel Lois, and he was responsible for all of the 90s stuff. So he wrote all of like Eternals hits, um, trying to think of a few people that, that he did, it'll cut, pop into my head. Um, he'd worked with um, loads of people, and we ended up working together as a writing team. So we would end up writing songs for other people, and then doing a couple of stuff, you know, songs for ourselves. Um and so that that was him. He was actually remixing them as part of the thing. So it was already someone that I was working with. But mm. we're going back quite a while because these were written even a long time before they were released. Whereas nowadays people can just, you know, reach out and contact remixers or have a song produced and send the stems over and have all these different versions and target more people. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think that's sometimes quite lost with people that they can have the actual hands-on approach, contacting producers, contacting these these, these type of people. And like yeah. you said, if if you're there, kind of, you don't even have to have something even at the ready. You can contact and say, "I want to do uh, a track with yourselves. I've got several different ideas. Meeting and actually songwriting together um, clearly yeah. is is key as well." It's, it's, and you know, it is overwhelming with because I obviously coach people in releasing their music. That's sort of my one of the, my main things now. And the 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 thing that is 
that happens with everybody is that it's overwhelming because you're now your own manager, your own writer, your own promoter, your own stylist, your own social media expert. You've got all these things. It's so overwhelming and mm. people can do it themselves, but they, they think, well, I don't know where to start. You know, that's, that's the key thing of knowing what to focus on or not. And, you know, to, to reach out to someone who's a DJ or a remixer and, you know, say you say you were a remixer and I messaged you and I was like, oh, my God, Zade, I'm a massive fan. Um, mm. I love what you do. You would go, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> you yeah, know? no, for sure. Maybe we can work together. You know, and, and so a lot of people forget that, that age-old expression of if you don't ask, you don't get. And now you can contact people on, you know, social media. So if there's a remixer or a DJ who's style you're really digging then you just get in touch with them yeah arguably it might actually be easier these days because yeah. it's all like your fingertips yeah and it oh, it changes every it changes every week really the industry as you know but go go back you know even go back 10 years it was so, such a closed off industry no one wanted to help each other getting in touch with the right person was almost impossible so to have any kind of success or a career was was a real challenge and having sort of lived through that and seeing now these opportunities that are opening I'm thinking well if if I could achieve things back then Mm. you know now put that in cylinder you know still with quite old-fashioned techniques of working in the music industry but applying that now it's like anyone can do anything yeah no for sure so um, let's talk BIM. You mentioned um, BIM is where you're, you're, you're working at at the moment. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I thought I might have been going a little bit crazy. BIM used to stand for British Institute of Modern Music. It's now, yes. it's now British and Irish Modern Music. Yes, yes which is confusing because there's, there's two campuses in Germany. <laughs> so it kind of you know i don't i don't know where we could we could add the g yes yeah, it's, it's not happening is it no it's not i <laughs> no. keep i keep going on i'm i'm obsessed with france and paris that's my thing i'm like i want to buy a chateau and move to france and have a studio there and do retreats and all sorts and i keep saying to him can you just open a paris a paris one <laughs> who do, can we, who do paris we need to speak bit? to yeah i know it's like you've, I'm like you've already got two in germany Oh, just get Germany in Paris. I'll run it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Can't speak French very well, but you know, lots of wine. <laughs> <laughs> not quite at all. Definitely not. Yeah. But um I know, of course, I know BIM very, very well. Uh I know we've got one here in Bristol. However, for those yeah. of you who don't know, it's one of um Europe's leading and largest education providers. Um so my real question here then, Hannah, is what kind of drew you um to educate in and uh why was BIM the uh, the right step for you well it's funny because I I was always doing like one-to-one private vocal tuition and then I ended up um working with a couple of students just privately one-to-one who wanted to get into songwriting they wanted to develop their vocals and develop their songwriting so this was how our kind of one-to-one private tuition was going and then I had a call from somebody who recommended me to BIM because um, they wanted an extra vocal coach there who could teach session singing. So singing all different styles of song. So blues one week, rock the next, you know, gospel, whatever. And um, and then they, when I spoke to them, um, they'd mentioned about artist development. And around that time was when I had 
my music that was being released. So that was a bit of a draw for them. They were like, oh, we've got someone who's, you know, doing well in the in the UK soul chart and things like that. So um, so they, they contacted me about going in as their specialist for, you know, unsigned and independent artists and to tie that in with the vocal coaching. And, and, I, and I love teaching. I love meeting young people and working through, you know, seeing them improve is, is a real, it's just a real joy to see people at the start of their their career but then go on to do great things and you kind of go hmm, I was I was a part of that that's really nice so no, um sure. I've always I've always been up for teaching I think it's just part of my nature I'm quite a people pleaser I like helping people and um and I really get a kick out of teaching all of these amazing students that I get to work with and my own clients as well they're all amazing oh, fantastic um for kind of a best best way of putting it to kind of big up what BIM BIM is. Um, any kind of names that we might know of people who've kind of passed through or or taught there. Um, James James Bay was there. Um, he was one of the students. George Ezra, who's obviously very well known. Um, mm. There's quite you know there's a few people that are, that are now pretty big big in the industry as in kind of events and agents and managers that you know their names aren't particularly known to like us in the general public yeah um but they've they've gone on to be quite influential in the industry no it's brilliant I think there's it's a weird one because there's kind of for music there's two sides to this industry there is that kind of front facing the the James Bay and the George Ezra's um but even so the people that uh, who kind of work on getting a, a song from A to B and, and, and work on the process, even them, if you mm. wouldn't mind naming a few of those kind of people, because we've not just got artists who wanted to release their music. We've got um, educators, we've got producers, we've got songwriters, we've got all these people that understandably want to make a name for themselves in, in this industry. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the people that you said are kind of big now in, in the, the other side of the industry, uh, let us know. Yeah, well, I, I, can't, I can't think of what their names are oh, yeah. off the top of my head, which is terrible. <laughs> That's what I said. People that are doing really well, I can't think of what their names are. I, I'll have to send. I'll have to send them. To you can you. send me. I can. Go I can put it list. in. There's, I can add it in. There's so many. Okay, yeah, I'll do you a voice memo of like these people. Yeah, yeah. It's that... funny because when um, when we when we have like inductions to BIM, they bring up this kind of you know this slideshow video of of all the people that have come through and gone, and you see the names and you forget who they are, you mm-hmm. know, until you until you're reminded and you just think, blimey, a lot a lot of talent has gone through those doors, you know, a lot of a lot of people have have gone there and and not made it, but they've still, you know, they've still done well and they're still working in the industry um but a lot I mean a lot of the teachers as well there is I was um you know sat there working with like the guy who who produced Elbow's album and we're just having a chat about our classes and things and like these people that are really responsible for quite you know um things like the Happy Happy Mondays album and stuff that was just a huge thing in like when I was younger and yeah you just sort of sat in the kitchen and you're thinking Oh, there's the guitarist from Stereophonics. All oh, right, you know, it's it's really, really bizarre. It's really funny. Everyone's really interested in what everyone else is doing. No, for sure. I think all, I think we're all quite nosy. It's a good thing though, because it, honestly, it's it's a um, 
I don't think it's a it's a bragging right anymore. There's there's a lot of people who talk a big game in the industry and oh, yeah. have kind of nothing to show, unfortunately. And then there's those who just really want to put their head down and kind of work. And I guess this can lead on to to my next question because I know 2020 education is is a bit here, there, and everywhere. Um, so the the current day in the life of a BIM student and what you kind of pick up their their bad habits their good habits what are a few things that you would kind of tell someone coming into the industry now um the do's and don'ts of actually building your name and building your uh, credentials okay do you, um there's two sides to it really because obviously we're all dealing with a lot of changes that are going on with this horrid year that is 2020 but there's still certain things that do stand. And th- these are things just for anyone in the industry going forward. Is It's really very simple. Be very good at your job and, and don't be an arsehole. <laughs> That's yeah. it. I'll say that again in case you need a cleaner version. Um, no, no, we're happy with that good. one. No, is that all right? <laughs> you know, there, there's, a, there's a, a, a kind of saying that runs through the industry. And it's really funny because I work with so many different bands and it is this thing. Um, all of them, when they've heard that I teach at BIM, friends of mine who are in the, in the industry, they've said, oh, you, uh, I hope you're teaching them like the golden rule of working in the industry. And we all know what that is. And that is don't be a dick. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Which, obviously, you've got you've got to have talent and you've got to have the drive. I think resilience is a huge thing. Mm. Um, one thing that I encounter, and this is not I don't want to say with young people because I'm not going to put an age on it, but I think it's the less experienced person, let's say, um, is that when you give them feedback, sometimes they don't take it very well um, or they'll they'll kind of brush it aside because they'll see it as a bit of a diss, you know, or it's, it's not nice to hear what your faults are, but yeah. you have to hear the, you know, the warts and all approach, you have to hear the bad things to get that right. You know, there's, a, you know, a lot of the time, um, for example, I might be working with a band who are musically amazing and then their songs are great and they've got a great image, but their social media is terrible. And you have to say to them, it's all well and good having this, but you now, in this day and age, you have to be the full package. And unfortunately, you have to be the full package and do a lot of it yourself. And on top of that, be be the best at what you do or try and be the best at what you do and be really nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, should it, sounds, easy, it shouldn't be a lot though yeah I know well that's the thing it's like it's you know things like just being polite to your sound guy and just and just it, I think it's about being easy to work with people want to work with people who are easy to work with they don't want to work with a diva or somebody who gets really stressed or doesn't take feedback or criticism very well mm. um because there's so many people wanting to go into this industry because it's the best industry to go into it's the best if you can do this as your job it's wonderful but it does come with challenges you know really stressful deadlines juggling if you're you know for artist development if if these artists who are dealing with everything themselves just juggling all of those things day to day it's overwhelming and it can be very stressful yeah you mentioned that artist development now you you've done a lot of this um in and out of um bim um i know artist development has 
probably not the most positive track record with a lot of people out there who say they can help with artist development and they can help nurture young talent. Um, and unfortunately, these, these these people have been left with not absolutely nothing, but not being kind of sent down the right path. Um, I think our audience would, would love to know more about what artist development actually means um, and kind of what's really good to look for when um, when going down that path. Definitely. I think anybody who um, just talks about money instantly is, is a no go. You know, I think, you know, obviously, if you're if you're if you want a service, yeah you know you there are costs that are involved but mm. anybody who instantly is like promising things is always a little bit of a weird one um somebody a company that will promise something um before even talking to you and talk about money and costs is a, is a little it can be i'm not saying all of them because i don't know they can be a little bit um be a bit wary of those ones i think just check them out have a chat with them and gauge what you think i think that would be a, a good thing to do artist development yeah, it it isn't always put in in the in the right light that it should be. Actually, it's actually more a professional development is is kind of how you would look at it. Um, any any company that would go, we're going to make you a clone and send you out into the world is nowadays is probably not as ethical. I don't think, in my opinion, purely because artist development has to be. Um, you know you're mentoring the artist and you're guiding them through the industry and the tasks that they need to do to achieve their goals you're coaching them and you're helping them you know uncover and decipher the madness that is the music industry so the 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 main things that, that you would look for is that if you're working with an artist development consultant and they are basically taking what you want and helping you make it happen, then that's a really positive thing. If they're just telling you what to do and taking your money, then that's that's not, you know, that's not really where it's going. I don't think that's where artist development is going, because mm. now with everyone, can, you know, Spotify or you know, online distribution companies, you can get your music out there. You can get your music heard. You can write. You can record everyone's getting really good at this especially with lockdown everyone's yeah. getting their stuff together and so we so a lot of artists don't really need to be told what to do they just need help to uncover what is within them and mm. turn that into something it's about nurturing if if you're you know if anyone out there is is working with an artist development company and they're thinking I'm kind of being ordered around and I'm not they're not nurturing my ideas then I would I would maybe review if they're the right person. No, for sure. You're um you used to deal with a lot with um arts development uh, for BIM. You're now lead of creative industries. Um, yeah. different to what you were doing before. It is because before um artist development, I was dealing with um musicians, singers. Singers are musicians, but I was you know dealing with singers, bass, guitar drum songwriters and we were putting bands together and writing and doing their branding and things like that um creative industries now crosses over the entirety of bim um which is um production electronic music production events journalism music business um songwriters performers so it's looking at the industry as a whole so it's i still do the artist development musically um but now it's kind of expanded so we're looking at you know, say we're looking at branding for an album release, 
we might do the same thing for um, somebody who wants who's who wants to go into events and they want to brand and set up their own business um, within the music industry. So it's um, it's quite full on. There's I'm looking after two hundred and ten of them at the minute. Wow. <laughs> yeah, which oh, is why man. I think I giggle quite a lot because I think I've lost my mind. <laughs> That's oh happening. well maybe off the back of this conversation someone listening to this you might have uh one more two more ten more oh, I've got, coming I've through got next year everyone it's all great no it's cool <laughs> i just feel sorry that they have me lecturing them on a monday morning i'd love that um, it, it is i kind of and because at the minute everything's on zoom so mm. it's a bit like i've got my own breakfast show <laughs> well um doing my uh my research i did see you had a bit of a radio show um, i did yeah i don't even know whether you know you want me to keep this one in hannah um but if you want to keep if you want to tell us a little bit about that i don't know if oh, anybody's so thinking about starting no, their own no, radio I, show no i'm fine it was it was great no it's, it was um so internet radio is is you know is a is a massive thing now because people mm. just stream what they want to stream and this um this was a, a a soul station that had been playing my music and they they brought me in for an interview just an online you know on on the radio interview and me and the um presenter got on really well and we just had a bit of banter so they said would you come back and co-host the show and I was like yeah all right I'll, I'll come back doing like crazy stuff and embarrassing myself which I do on a daily basis and um and then they offered me a monthly show which is great um, amazing so I, I said yes please thanks very much um they're all on mixed cloud actually I'll send you the link so you can you can catch up and have a listen but yeah, I, had sure. to put, I had to put them on hold I was just doing a monthly show and it was rare soul like rare groove and soul um and it was really fun. It was so cool, like picking out all these really old, cool soul tunes that I just loved, or you know, and also promoting my friends or um, artists that I was working with. If I thought they fitted, if they were a bit neo soul R and B, I'd promote them, play their stuff, give them yeah. some radio play, you know. So, but I've I've had to. It, it's still there. It's an open ended invitation to carry on doing the shows, but things got so busy um, with BIM, and I've also set up my own company as well. So it's been really hectic. So I've had I to. I imagine. I've had to not be a presenter for a little bit, but it'll come back. I might do a, a one off. Yeah, I do. You can come co-host this one with me. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll interview whoever you want. Um, it, like a really weird one um, from that. And I think this is something that a lot of people, a lot of independent artists need to kind of see. You just said, of course, you got given a radio show after going in on a, a random interview and talking and essentially networking. There's no clear... Uh, road that will lead you to success in this industry and I think that right there is a perfect example of yep. you just went off to do something <laughs> and an opportunity showed itself yep. and you jumped on it yeah and you didn't absolutely. know where it was going to take you of course but I think that's no. what the a lot of people need to understand exactly and then you think about what it leads to is that you could have you know and a lot of it is about luck but if I went on um, if I went to a radio interview and I, and I wasn't personable and just was like, yeah, just throw throw anything at me, I'll adapt to it. You know, if I didn't have that attitude, mm. um, they wouldn't have asked me back. And the fact that they asked me back and then I got offered my own show, 
which meant I could play my music, I could play other people's music, I could promote gigs. I'd be doing, you know, I've worked with a few people doing their backing vocals and stuff, sort of old soul artists and things. I would I would then say, come, you know, we're at the Jazz Cafe next week, everyone come down. And I'd see people that would be at these gigs going like, hi, I listened to your show, you know, and, it's, and it was great because you start to get a following. And, you know, I'm, to be honest, for, for my own career, I'm terrible on social media. I'm really bad because I feel awkward shouting about myself, but I'm really good at networking for other people, which is why I've ended up kind of going down that route. Um, which may actually I, be the route for some people listening to this right now who exactly. might be creating their own music but thinking you know what I'm really good at promoting my friend exactly and and that's that's the beauty of it is that it's it's now the music industry is now becoming a lot more open and friendly because it's had to it's had to because the power is but it's kind of like we're going through this punk era again from the 70s of where you know it's everything's opened up you can do it yourself you know you can promote yourself but the problem is is that if you don't have the tools to know how to promote yourself and network mm. it's really difficult and, and that's that is like you asked earlier about a theme of you know people that I'm working with is there a link to kind of common problems that we're uncovering and it's that we're so used to being on our phones and texting and you know people don't know how to network anymore and yeah. without networking it's really difficult to 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 have those opportunities come up like I had. You know, yeah. I never thought I'd have my own radio show. I'm just, you know, think that I'm just a singer. Like, just, you know, and then what it can what it can sort of turn into is is something really special if you just take every opportunity that's thrown at you. Almost famous championing independence across the music industry. I know you kind of mentioned that then networking is is something that might be a struggle. Um, going a little bit back to uh, arts development and kind of creative development, what else do you think stands in the way of uh, an independent artist? I think we're, oh, I don't want to get too deep on it, but I think it's, we're all, we're our own worst enemy. You know, if, if something's difficult, you tend to put it off. We all do. We procrastinate. You know, it's like if you go back to your college days, if you had an essay in, you'd leave it till the last minute because you'd think, I don't want to do it. You know, and when people, like I said earlier, it is overwhelming, the amount that you have to do for yourself as an independent artist. Um, it's just that it's really easy to put off the things that you don't want to do. You know, if you don't, if you don't want to rehearse, but you like the recording process you're going to put off that if if you don't like spreadsheets you know who likes spreadsheets apart from me I love them because I, <laughs> I like by them I've got a nickname called spreadsheet Hannah at work because I have I'm so organized but I have to <laughs> yeah, for sure. um, otherwise I wouldn't get anything done for people um you know thing that comes up is is that we put off the things that we find difficult and if people find networking awkward which it is it is awkward we just have to accept it it's really difficult um is that you you put it off because you you don't want to fail nobody wants to fail um so i think it's having a self-awareness of what you're good and bad at is a really good starting place for example if if you're someone who's really good at playing the guitar you're gonna and you love it and it's your passion you're gonna spend your time doing that 
because you it comes easy to you whereas maybe working out a schedule for your release or looking at distribution and publishing is is not your bag you're going to put that off but it's all the boring stuff to you that is actually the important things so looking at what you're good and bad at is a really good starting point of mm-hmm. going okay i need to manage myself so that's where artist development companies can be a really positive thing because it's actually not about them taking control of your music it's about them just weekly whipping you into shape and going okay let's i'm going to hold your hand and we're going to sort out your distribution today and it takes the pressure off and that overwhelming thing that we come back to no for sure i think i think to be honest with you a lot of people and it can kind of go back to the whole uh they don't like hearing um what they're potentially bad at but then again, if if you are bad at social media, if you're not great at kind of networking, but you've got everything else in the bag, you, you especially these days, you have to be the total package um, because if you're not, then a lot of people can kind of see right through it. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah and and they'll let you know as well. Oh, yeah. And, and if you're, you know, and the other thing is, is that you do have to put your money where your mouth is in this you know in this day and age that you'll go oh yeah you know I work with a lot of young singers and, and I'll say yeah how's your week been you know this is through my teaching and they'll, they'll say they'll go oh yeah yeah I'm working with my producer and they start giving it the big one because it makes them sound like they're achieving more and I totally understand why because they're young and that's what they yeah. do but you think you haven't you haven't got a producer it's your mate <laughs> and <the> corner, <laughs> you know it's things that you want to go okay and and to try and sift out if somebody is, you know, I'm talking about students, but when you're meeting other industry professionals, people want to show off about what they've done. And you'll often find it's actually the quiet ones who just get on with it. It's a job. It's a yeah. job at the end of the day, whether you're a performer or a writer or a bin man or you work in a restaurant or a doctor, you're still, it's, it's a job. You know, that, that's what it is. Mm. And uh, and of course, I know we're currently in a place of uh, lockdown, I guess, again. I don't know um, to the listener, wherever you are around the world, but I know everyone would have been affected in, in some sort of way uh, by COVID-19 and, and kind of the way the economy is going. I know this isn't, we could probably visit this again. Uh, maybe in a year's time to see if you uh, were somewhat correct. But in your own opinion, what does the music industry look like in uh, in 2021 to you? Oh, okay. Oh, there's uh, there's no think... there's no wrong answer here, really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because anything can happen. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yes, anything could happen. I think um, I think what it will do actually is it will, from an industry point of view. I think it will sift out um, who wants to be in this industry and who doesn't. I think um, there's, rightfully so, everything's become very difficult because we're having to do stuff online. We're having to... um, You know, but then it's... And it's very you know, arts funding and things like that from the government is is quite difficult and it's bringing up a lot of negativity for the industry of like, you know, creative arts is, you know, it's basically at a halt. 
And and I think what will happen is that people will either be affected by that negativity and just go, well, I can't, I you know, I can't rehearse and I can't do this uh, because of COVID. I can't get my shit together because of COVID. And the problem is, is that now is the time that people should be doing these creative behind the scenes thing, sorting out their branding, sorting out their mixes, having a look at writing, developing their lyric writing, collaborating online, sending a mix to someone, like we said before about remixes. If you've already got a song, what's going to stop you from sending that file to a remixer? COVID mm. doesn't affect that. So it's. I think it will... I think by 2021, I think the standard of what's being released will be incredible. And I think that will make the music industry even more competitive, which is hard. It's hard enough as it is. But I think those people that are quietly beavering away in the background and getting their shit together and not making excuses, obviously there are things that are going to be in the way, but they're not going, I can't do anything because of covid you know, they're they're going, I'm going to perfect what I'm doing behind the scenes. And then I'm, when I'm ready to release it, it is going to knock everyone else out of the park. And just just working on those skills um, is is going to impact the industry on a creative level. That's what I think. No, for sure. I've got a lot of time for the bedroom artist and I've been seeing yes. a lot of great things. And I feel like you'd agree with me here as well. Right now we're in a in a time that... I don't know, will ever really come again where your kind of chart artists or well-known artists are on a the same kind of level playing field as the independent, as the bedroom artist. It's currently not about ticket sales. It's currently not about who's selling this much at the moment. It's who's the attention on. And when a TikTok account, a Facebook and Instagram, you can easily put out your music and gain the attention because yeah it, right now is very very odd and again none of us know where it's going or what it's going to look like but I think you've got it absolutely spot on I think it's going to be those quiet ones that sit yeah. back and, and just I, want to get it done yeah I mean I absolutely agree with what you're saying about it's now a level playing field and for me um although that that is difficult because of the way that you know the industry is being knocked on a kind of, you know, on a, a level of the amount of money that's being invested into it. But the fact that it's for, you know, we're talking about unsigned artists that we work with and we're trying to get them to be the best that they can. The fact that they're now in a, in a world where it is a level playing field and they can achieve things that their idols are achieving, I think is as actually without not taking away from the, the whole situation of COVID being very difficult for many people, but I find that for the unsigned artist, it can be a really exciting time. No, for sure. And no one last year would have predicted, I don't know, I think we had about five or six TikTok artists in like the Billboard 100. And when I say TikTok artists, it's just people that have literally uploaded their songs or uploaded like a dance to it. And mm. it's, it's taken off from there. Um, so there is no real kind of, one route but I think the the key to that is if you don't put it out there it can never happen for you um mm -hmm. so yeah just 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 to any any independent artist listening just just get it out this <laughs> is the best way of yeah. putting it because you'll yeah. learn from it even if you look back in six months 12 months two years and think oh that wasn't that great well you've you've hopefully learned from it and and you've yeah. produced something even better 
I think yeah definitely if you're if there's an, an artist out there who um, or a band that they don't have money to invest in certain things is is you know put try and put something out there but you can always take it down later on you know <laughs> you're not at a level where you're you know if this is the first thing that you're releasing it's not like people are going to go oh they've gone downhill I'm not listening to them again you've nothing out there already so put mm. it up there and then see and go actually do you know what the release campaign didn't work very well because we weren't organized with our mixing and our recording and our you know our, we didn't put we could have put a teaser up and we didn't and Know all the things that you've done wrong. The best way to learn is from mistakes. You know, my some of my students are very lucky because they learn these mistakes in a very controlled environment. So when they go into the real world, they don't they don't make those mistakes. The mm. same as with my private clients and other companies that I work with is making sure that it's, you know, these mistakes are, are there to for you to learn from. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, I can kind of... Um... It's kind of a really nice segue to uh, to my next part then, which is advice for your younger self. And what oh would, my god! <laughs> what would you like to tell? What would what would young Hannah need to hear right now before kind of going into this this crazy world of hosting a radio show, number one on soul charts, touring with? Um, a beetle <laughs> do you know what I mean I know do you know I'm one of those people I don't have even the bad things that, that have happened or like mistakes that have happened I'm not the sort of person who has regrets because you like you know you learn from everything that you're doing and of course positive I mean you could tell I'm quite a positive person anyway I'm just sort of like this like grinning all the time but my younger self um and this is still something to this day that I have to focus on is that I'm, I get terrible stage fright and I have sometimes really awful performance anxiety. I deal with it because I know how to deal with it because I'm now 14 years old and, uh, and I know, and I know myself so I can, I can deal with it. But if I could have advice from my younger self, I would say um, stop worrying so much about what other people think of you and your talent because we do, we, whether it's music or performing or even, you know, any anything as a, as a young person, you know, anxiety and worrying about what other people think and how you present yourself is, a, is such a huge thing. And it can be debilitating and it can stop you from achieving what you want to achieve. And if you focus, don't worry about anyone else. Just get on with it. Just go and have fun. Just do it. Life's too short. Yeah. You know, I think that would be my thing. Stop worrying what other people think. Just get your music out there. I think that doesn't um, just apply to uh, the music industry. I guess it can apply to absolutely everyone. Yeah, um, if absolutely. you stumbled across this podcast just because you wanted to hear a little bit more, however, you've got dreams and aspirations of doing other things. If it involves you kind of putting yourself out there in any way, stop worrying. It is, is definitely the key. I, I think yeah. one of the best advice I was ever given was um, in regards to an Instagram story. And, and someone said, it's only going to be up for 24 hours. What are you worried about? And I think I think stuff like that is 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 brilliant yeah. because it's true because we worry so much about having everything at a hundred percent and making sure everything yeah. looks incredible, absolutely immaculate, perfect. And what we seem to forget is people love realness and people want to yeah. kind of see you develop. Yeah. So absolutely, and people love to relate. You mm. know, we all, we all love a breakup song. 
if we've gone through a breakup because we relate to it. We all love that song that's like, yeah, you know, we're getting ready, going out with the girls, you know, that because we relate to it. And I think no matter what it is, if it's music, art, um, you know, your story, whatever it is that you're putting out there, but no, you know, even if you think, oh, everyone's going to hate what I'm doing, someone in the world will relate to what you're putting out there. Thank you, Hannah. It was amazing to have you on our first show. And for more interviews, AMAs, tips and tricks, and exclusive content, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The Famous Co. That's at The Famous Co. Tap that subscribe or follow button. My name is Zaid, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Almost Famous, a music industry podcast powered by The Famous Company. If you're an independent artist or music industry professional, for more information, head to www.thefamouscompany.com.